everybody makes our next year back at it again to give y'all another very exciting video and for tonight uh we're gonna switch things up a little bit because uh it, it's the spooky night it's the day before halloween and you know i i, I like some scary things every now and then though i got some i got some of the traditional stuff we got a couple of gaming topics to talk about tonight uh, a little wrap-up conclusion to the bayonetta stuff got some scary things going on with silent hill that thing seems to have been raised up from the dead so uh we got to talk about that along with a couple other stuff and since it is a spooky month and whatnot though i'm gonna actually go ahead and do a you know a tier list it's been a while since i did a tier list we're going to do a tier list on some candies because I got to make sure y'all all eating the right kind of candy on Halloween night and not that, you know, that cheap crap stuff that um, literally tastes like hot garbage, stuff that doesn't need to be made anymore. I'll get to that whenever we get to it, though. So, yeah, so that's some of the things I got planned up for tonight. So I got some pretty good stuff, though. So uh, without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump up into that culture segment. All right, so first up, we got to talk about Netflix because unfortunately, it does seem like we got some bad news kind of coming afoot with Netflix because people, you know, if you ever went through and played um, some Netflix and whatnot, though, or not play, watch some Netflix, people always like sharing around their accounts and whatnot, though. And it's a common thing. Like, I, I have an aunt that has Netflix, and then we kind of share with some of my extended family um, here and there so it kind of helps when i want to watch something off of netflix i don't watch a lot of netflix but when i do watch some netflix i can watch basically whatever i want though but there is reports now that um that netflix is looking into charging more for each user account that you have um added on to your service plan whatever you want to call it though and to that i know it's it's gonna sting a lot of people the wrong way because when you look at other subscription services like um like i'm thinking off the top of my head disney plus that's kind of built towards you know families and whatnot though you know the disney content and whatnot though you can have four streams simultaneously streaming at the same time off of the same account because you got different profiles and whatnot though so it's weird how netflix is going to kind of punish you on that meanwhile other subscription services aren't necessarily gonna do it though and golly i i, I don't know why but it, it is gonna be kind of disappointing and how soon could we possibly be seeing this it could be rolling out as early as 2023 um globally so they're they're, they're just their main intent is just to charge account holders having users from outside of their household on their account so maybe somehow with the tracking of the ip address and whatnot though they could possibly see all right who's using it at your home versus who's using it across the street in another state halfway across the country so yeah so it is some things to kind of keep in mind though i just want to quickly report on this for people that kind of really like the uh the netflix side of things and whatnot though so yeah so that's basically all I have to say on that. So let's go ahead and jump over. We did get some new Marvel news um, for a couple of new trailers for a couple of new one being movie, one being TV series that we're expecting here fairly soon. So let me go ahead and get that up here because we did get our first trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. This right here 
oh my gosh, I don't know if it's just me or just coming off of She-Hulk, which was like a complete train wreck. I'm like, oh, this is, oh my gosh, this is, oh, get rid of that bad taste out of my mouth. If you don't know about that, uh, literally um, go back, was it last episode or the episode before last? Literally dug all up in that mess. And huh, She-Hulk, man, I, I don't even want to bring it up. But anyway, we got something good. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Now, this show right here, it, or not show, should I say movie, this movie right here, I think it has a ton of potential, a ton of potential. And here's the reason why. It's already a, a hero that's already established. We already know Ant-Man. We already know the Wasp. I think the Wasp got a new haircut too, looking at this trailer though. And then obviously it seems like Ant-Man is bringing back his daughter, and it seems like it's going to primarily be focused on those three. We can kind of see early on in the trailer, um, his son was, uh, yeah, his son um, was working on, was working on some kind of little contraption, or something like that, to communicate with people in the quantum realm. Obviously, um, obviously, the other two that were there, the older people, what was it? Remember some of these people's names? A little bit tricky, but the woman that um the woman that Ant Man likes, her parents was like, no, 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 shut that mess down, shut that mess down. We we don't need to communicate with them. Sucks all of them up into the quantum realm. The interesting thing with the quantum realm is, I was kind of thinking of it as like a space in itself, this kind of like a nano ish universe or whatnot. Though, I, well, I said universe. I was thinking like a nano ish kind of area or whatnot. Though, I wasn't thinking about it as a universe as itself, but it seems like going into the quantum realm literally introduces a whole nother universe that's like underneath all the people that we know in the current you know universe from all of our avengers right now that is an interesting concept and in a way that brings up a, a whole nother host of enemies that we can actually look forward towards um seeing in this movie the biggest thing out of all of this was we got to see a look at Kang the Conqueror, but not the one we saw from the Loki television or the TV series, though. No, not that one for the Disney Plus series. But this is a whole nother one. Because remind you, the one that we saw in the Loki series, that that dude's dead. Our current Kang the Conqueror, or he liked to go by a different name in our universe. He's killed. I mean, he died. I mean, female Loki killed him, whatnot, though. So this is our introduction to him. Is he the pure evil one, or is there another one that could potentially be the evil one? I don't know, but I'm thinking it's probably, it is probably going to be our main antagonist one. I don't think they're going to pull another one. Who knows, because there's technically a lot of these dudes out there between all the different universes, though. But I'm going off the assumption that I'm thinking it is. They're just not making him seem that much of a threat. But I think as we get further along in the movie, I think he will be a really predominant threat. I don't know if they're going to go in the way of having, like, some other enemy technically being the enemy and then they bring him towards the very tail end or if he's kind of actually playing the antagonist almost all the way it's not gonna be like a direct correlation or anything like that but i think it'll be a little or it'll be like midway a little after the midway point that's when we start piecing together everything though but it seems like basically they get sucked in the realm they're just basically going to try to find a way out but once they figure out how much of the threat that this dude is, we'll see how Ant-Man and the Wasp kind of handle him, though. So from everything I saw in this trailer, it looks really promising. It looks really good. I just can't wait to get this movie um, straight on my eyeballs and stuff like that. Because this movie comes out 
in February. So not too much of a wait from now. I mean, what Black Panther comes out in November and then December, January, February, like three months later. Then we have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, though. So really good things I saw from this trailer, though. Y'all got to let me know in the comment section down below. Uh, what were you thinking about this one trailer in particular, if you happen to be a big Marvel friend like me, though? So, yeah, so that's all I have to say, at least on that one trailer, though. But we got one more trailer for one more thing that's on the Disney Plus side of things, because we did get the introduction of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Now, this right here, yes, 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 yes. Every now and then, you might need something that's a little bit on the comedic side of things, unlike She-Hulk, because that in itself, I, I don't know how people found that funny. But yes, it seems like our Guardians of the Galaxy are back. It's going to be heavily focused on, you know, the holiday season, Christmas and whatnot, though. Unfortunately, Gamora is still not within their group yet. They hadn't found huh, the weird enough, the Gamora that was technically from the past that they brought back in this one because the original Gamora or whatnot, though, um, has died, you know, due to the events that happened within Infinity War and Endgame and whatnot, though. So yeah, so she's not present. But it's kind of going through and trying to quell um, Peter Quill's, um, you know, sadness and whatnot, though, because he would spend this time in the holidays with his girl and whatnot, though. So, well, that's the basic concept that we know about it. Not too much more. I probably don't want or I feel like most people probably don't need to watch much more because, you know, it's just going to be you're just going to be in for some laughing, laughs and giggles and whatnot, though. I don't think there's too much more plot heavy that you can really expect since it is going to be like a one off kind of similar to um, kind of similar to that. What was it? Werewolf by Night that we got recently that dropped a couple of weeks ago for like the Halloween season. This is more like the holiday special and whatnot, though. So, yeah, so honestly, some really good stuff for that. I'm kind of excited to see him back on the on the screen because, I don't know, the, the cast of characters they got with, within the Guardians of the Galaxy always brings like a smile to your face and whatnot, though. I just always love the interactions that they always give between each other. So, yeah, so that's basically going to do it in terms of all the Marvel stuff as well as everything pop culture related that I had to discuss with y'all tonight though so that's gonna do it for that though so let's go ahead and jump up into that gaming news all right so first up i gotta talk about this again because we are me um, I guess Yoshi from the previous episode, make sure to go and watch that one because, uh, shoot, he made the Bayonetta segment like an hour in itself, um, an hour long just with himself. Oh, shoot. As well as Sonic Key. We gave our thoughts over the whole controversy with Bayonetta 3 with uh, Miss Taylor's thoughts on the fact that she was quote unquote paid $4,000, which I think while we were going through and discussing that in the last episode, I think we... For what the information that we had at that time, I thought we were pretty good in the ballpark. Some some of us kind of agree with what um, what Taylor said in terms of we thought that she might not been one. I don't. I I wasn't one of those people though. But I think it might have been Sonic U thinking that yeah, why would she have the intention of lying like this or something like that? But we, we like all good arguments. You, you gave her the benefit of the doubt, and you know until the evidence would have popped up. We were taking our word for granted until, you know, proven guilty or whatnot, though. So what we mainly talk, talked about in the last episode was for the whole sake of the industry, voice actors are paid low. That is a common fact, um, despite this whole thing that's going on with the Bayonetta thing. And I think we basically 
stay within the realm of that. So we talked about a lot of good stuff in that. So make sure to go back and watch um, that previous episode if you hadn't heard about our thoughts in that one, though. But particularly with Taylor's, uh, with her scenarios and situation, we gotten some more information and that quote unquote $4,000 that she was offered wasn't technically the whole truth. In some ways, she technically lied or didn't give us the whole truth, whichever way you want to word that, though. But yeah, she wasn't telling everything that was factual because we had some reports from like Jason Schreier, some other people that are kind of in the know-how and the stuff within the industry and whatnot, though, figured out that technically she could have done like three or four different sessions and could have gotten up to anywhere between $15,000 and $20,000 for her to play her role when she denied that. Then they offer her, hey, here's $4,000 for a cameo. So, yeah, she kind of screwed the numbers around just a little bit, though, to kind of tip things in her favor, though. She was trying to incentivize people to go through and boycott that. She kind of, the thing I really didn't like whenever she did her original video was she kind of threw um, the, the new voice actor for Bayonetta. She kind of threw her underneath the, the bus like, hey, you have no right to use that voice. I was the one that created that voice. Yada, yada, yada. Don't go sign merchandise and all that stuff. That's the part I didn't like about what Taylor kind of said in that. And so the fact that she kind of, you know, tampered with the truth, lied in some certain scenarios, and the way how she kind of handled her original statement kind of put her in a whole different light than what she currently was uh, originally when she put that video out there. I don't think she thought that it was going to blow up at nearly as big as what it was. So. so, yeah, so that was the main thing I wanted to go and report about on that, though. We, we got more information in there, though. There was more statistics up in there. Even Platinum Games came out with, with a statement saying, you know, we at Platinum Games offer our sincerest appreciation for everyone who has contributed to the creating the Bayonetta series over the years, as well as the community that served as its foundations. We give our full support to Jennifer Hale as the new Bayonetta and along with everything in her statement. We ask that people to please refrain from any other comments that would disrespect Jennifer or any other contributors to the series. And that's another thing I wanted to bring up, because the one thing that Taylor mentioned in her thing was basically boycott the game because I didn't get paid enough fairly for what you thought, even though, you know, when you start looking at the new figures between 15000 and 20000 that's a decent bit. And based upon the union that she might have been associated with whatnot though that might have been on the higher end than much higher end than what somebody else might potentially get paid or whatnot though but the key critical thing that i also wanted to mention was the fact that hey even though it might have been bad for one person it wasn't anything like you know strictly wrong in the sense of hey nobody was getting abused nobody was getting physically hurt and, you know, stuff like that, stuff that you kind of heard about some stories with like Activision Blizzard and stuff like that, you know, the boycotts and stuff that was happening around with that. Nothing to that severe thing has happened. It's just literally somebody thought that they should get paid more, which, you know, that, that could be very well true. But she just denied the role. Nothing morally wrong has happened to her. And the fact that she wants to say everybody go ahead and boycott that just purely because of that. That's what I don't vibe with that well because the fact that it's not just one person that makes the game. What about all of the uh, the producers that are behind um, trying to direct the people, the other voice actors that are also a part of this thing, as well as the game developers that are actually making the game, the people that are sitting in the room doing the Q&As and whatnot, though, the PR people. This is a lot 
award for not just one person, not for just one tailor, but for everybody that's associated within the work within Platinum Games. Nintendo's over here technically giving money to them because it's exclusive for their platform. There's a lot of different strings attached. And that's the one thing I was like, I couldn't get behind on this boycott purely because there's a lot of other people also associated with it, even if she was only paid $4,000, which is not necessarily purely the case anymore, though. So, yeah, so that was some of the stuff that I wanted to bring up as just a quick update video, because since we got the more information from it um, than what I had within the last episode that I did a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, so I did want to go ahead and leave my piece out there, do a wrap up to that, because it, it seemed like it was a really spicy topic, especially the fact that what me, Sonic and Yoshi were going at it, talking about this thing for a whole hour straight. So I just want to bundle everything up, wrap it all together. Um, it does seem like that this is probably going to be the conclusion. I don't think I'll have to bring it up anymore, though. But yeah, so honestly, the game is out right now. I heard a lot of good things about people talking about the game and whatnot, though. It seems like the game performance and stuff, I think is the one thing I think most people were probably criticizing about Bayonetta 3. I mean, maybe it's also because uh, the Switch is kind of showing its age or whatnot, though. So I think the performance kind of dips with the frame rate a little bit. It's not from what I heard from most people. It's something that detours people that much. It's noticeable, but you're still having a lot of fun in it because the gameplay itself at its core is really fun, though. I noticed that a couple of my friends got some of the, the Bayonetta games. I think a couple of people got the special editions. Theirs is arriving late. I know that some of them probably could have gave their thoughts on it or what they personally thought about the game, but some people are still waiting on it unless you just got the, the standard edition of the game or if you got like the um, a digital copy of the game and whatnot, though. So honestly, Bayonetta 3 is out now. If you're a fan of Bayonetta, from what I heard, you know, more power to you. That game's out there and it's pretty good from what I'm hearing. If you're not necessarily a fan of Bayonetta, like I bought Bayonetta 1, I thought it was okay. I didn't fully go through the game and whatnot though. It might not strike a chord with you if uh, if you don't like Bayonetta as a whole entire series, whether you try Bayonetta 1 or especially if you try Bayonetta 2. But yeah, so that's basically all I wanted to say in terms of the wrap up to Bayonetta 3 with the controversy and stuff, as well as a little bit of thoughts that are out there um, in terms of the game since Bayonetta 3 is currently out right now. So yeah, so that's basically going to do it in terms of the Bayonetta segment though. So let me go ahead and jump over to a little bit of quick news because yes, it is confirmed that we are getting Mario Party 1 as well as Mario Party 2 coming out to the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. Now it is kind of interesting with this one though because the fact that we're getting not just one Nintendo Switch or Nintendo 64 game, should I say, for the month of November, we're getting two. It kind of makes up for the fact that we didn't get a Nintendo 64 game in the month of September because it was weird how we didn't get nothing there. We got the announcement of, hey, more games are coming. We got a sizzle reel or kind of like a uh, roadmap, I guess is another way you can say it, though. A roadmap of all the different games we're expected to get within the next upcoming months, but we didn't get anything for September, so it kind of makes up for it. You get two of them both at the same time, and for what I heard from most people, you can dabble with Mario Party, but once you go to Mario Party 2, why would you go back to Mario Party? So I'm probably going to put a bit of time into Mario Party itself and then play Mario Party 2, because I have a little bit of experience with Mario Party 2, um, thanks to me owning it on the Wii Virtual Console. So I have played, and I know how some of that game operates already, though. But I had never touched the original Mario Party, though. So it's going to be really interesting. I really hope that the online holds up pretty good. 
for that one though because i mean you're gonna want to have four people going through and playing through that game though i remember the other day ago i think it was like with me sonic and steven we were going through and testing the the expansion pack and seeing how well it can hold up with like trying games like what was it mario kart 64 star fox 64 etc though and it is it, it's, it's it's okay it's doable though but with mario party with some of those mini games you you want that mess to be on point so yeah so yeah so we're expecting to get that game here fairly soon literally within like the first week of november because it's supposed to be um arriving here on November the second, so literally from the time that I'm reco- uh, recording this or slash streaming this live uh, on the podcast, it literally comes out in like three days. So yeah, so we got a lot to look forward to in the month of November. Not just with you know the kickoff with these Mario Party games for the expansion pack. You also get like what Sword and Shield. Oh, not Sword and Shield. Good gracious, you get Scarlet and Violet coming out. You got a war people. You, um, you get God of War Ragnarok coming out though. Uh, we have like what a Splatoon, Splatfest that's also coming up as well. Black Friday. Uh, November is going to be a crazy month, but yeah, it's going to be also a very fun month. Thanksgiving, all that good stuff and whatnot though. So yeah, so not too much longer that we have to wait for Mario Party One and Two to drop on the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. So that's all I got to say on a little bit of quick news though. Last. But certainly not least, Silent Hill. Silent Hill is real. Somebody thought that Silent Hill was dead. I honestly personally thought that Silent Hill was dead. But apparently it looks like Silent Hill is actually real. We got a showcase. Literally, it popped up as breaking news in my last podcast episode. Like literally a few hours before I was about to go live on that. They announced that, hey, a showcase is about to happen within the next few days. Um, that that day has came and went, and we got multiple projects that were actually revealed um, for Silent Hill. And I'm going to bring up all of them, though, because it looks like there was about four or five different things that was literally brought up on this, um, on this little topic right here, though. So first thing that we got was Silent Hill 2. Now, this is going to be a remake of the original Silent Hill 2. For modern consoles or slash, you know, you know, modern platforms, should I I guess I should say though. It's literally gonna be exclusive on the PS5 for about a year or so. And will be coming out on PC also on the same day though. So yeah, so PS5, PC, whichever way you want to play it, go ahead and do it. Although it's kind of funny how much Sony's kind of flying and boohooing about Call of Duty going to Xbox. Um, and they're gonna lose their exclusivity ish rights on it, more like the marketing of it. They complain how you know what exclusive is a bad thing for them for them taking that away from us. <laughs> Yet there again, here they are with the Silent Hill, and that's coming to PlayStation for exclusively for at least a year. I find that pretty funny, pretty ironic right there though. Anyway though, that game's gonna be coming out. It looks like it's just a full remake of the game. It looks really good because out of all the games from what I heard, because I know Sonic U is a big fan of Silent Hill. With Silent Hill, it seems like um, Silent Hill 2 is the most popular one out of all of them. Like some people like Silent Hill 1. Silent Hill 2, as I think, is when the horror genre of that franchise really blew up. So that's the game I'm really interested in going into. And, you know, I, I don't have any experience with it. I saw a little bit of Sonic U kind of going through and streaming the game and whatnot, though. 
but I'm very curious because I hadn't played a lot of horror-ish games, and I know that's like one of the king of all horror games right there, though. So yeah, so that was one announcement that we got. The other thing that we got was Townfall. Townfall is a little bit weird because it's this one's a little interesting because they didn't really show too much about it. They it was like they showed us some stuff, but it wasn't necessarily like gameplay. All the stuff that they basically showed us, none of it was gameplay. Most of it was either cinematics or then explaining how the story or how the development is kind of going for the games. But we didn't see really any gameplay in action on any of these announcements, though. But from what I heard, um, Silent Hill, or Silent Hill, the uh, the town hall, Townfall project, it's going to be like, it's going to be similar to you being, because I think the people that make the game or the developers that, because Konami, they're not making any of these games. They're just licensing these uh, projects out, which honestly, that's the way Konami probably should go because I feel like they're definitely out of the loop in terms of them actually making their own games, though. But the people that are going to be behind making Townfall, it, it's similar to like one of those kind of scenarios where it's like you're stuck in a room and you got to find a way out via clues, this and that and the other, finding this, solving this puzzle and whatnot, though. It's going to be something like that. You're going to be stuck within, maybe not necessarily a room, but maybe a certain area, maybe a house or something like that, and you're trying to find your way out or something like that. It's going to be something within like a certain smaller contained space. That's the kind of way how Silent um, Silent Hill Townfall is basically going to go. So that was like project number two that we got right there, though. Now, the third thing that we got was the movie, which the movie is basically them adaptating um, Silent Hill 2. Because they made a movie for like Silent Hill 1, I believe. And now they're making one for Silent Hill 2. It's not really going to pull from any of the... Because when they were going, sitting down and talking about this stuff, there's not really going to go through and pull anything from the, the first Silent Hill 1 movie. So basically, you can sit there, watch this um, movie and, without any context of whatever happened previous to this though. So yeah, so it looks really good like that. The fact that they're going through and doing this movie. And from what I heard... It was interesting because whoever was the one that was uh, came up with the idea of a Silent Hill movie, it was the the thing that got the snowball rolling into a bigger snowball that got the avalanche rolling with all the different Silent Hill um, projects. I think it was all stemmed off of the movie itself. So that was a major focus point for them. So th honestly, that was some really good stuff right there um, with the movie, though. And it seems like that movie, it, it'll be coming out here fairly soon, though. Um, I can't remember if they said if it was going to be, um, next year or probably two years from now. I can't, no, I don't, I don't think they officially gave out a date for it yet though. Cause we'll obviously we'll have to wait until we actually get a trailer or whatnot though. But yeah, so th that's some of the stuff that we know right off the bat on that one though. The fourth project that we had, literally, this is a lot of projects for a dead franchise coming up and rising out of the grave. But the fourth thing that we got was town or Silent Hill Ascension. Ascension is kind of strange in the fact that this game, from what it seems to be, it's not like quote unquote a game. It's like what the first two are games, the third one's a movie, this fourth one's like an interactive experience. If you ever gone through and played those um Telltale games, like I played through like the Telltale Batman game, the first and second Batman games and whatnot, though. It's going to be something like that where like you're sitting down and you're watching it with a whole bunch of people off of the internet 
And I think everybody kind of votes to see where they want the story to go or what actions you want the main protagonist to kind of go through and do. And then it seems like, you know, the people that are kind of doing the storytelling and whatnot, though, and all the work behind the scenes, they have like a vision of where they want the story to go. And they probably have like what option A, B, C, and D kind of going and playing out across the way all the time. So it's going to be like an interactive experience with that one, though. And it's going to be, um, it's going to start out or it's going to come out in 2023. So not too much longer. Like that's like probably going to be the first thing that we're going to see um, result coming out of all of these different projects. So may very well um, just be that, though, because uh, Silent Hill 2, it probably ain't going to hit until like, what, maybe two years from now or something like that. Because we didn't even see any gameplay for that, though. So, yeah, so Ascension, an interactive experience, kind of similar to those Telltale games, though. So, literally, you don't have to go, or at least what I think, you don't have to go through and buy anything. <laughs> Hopefully, it's just a sit-down watch thing, like, as if, like, you're just sitting down and watching a YouTube video, though. So, pretty straightforward on that. The very last thing that we got is called Silent Hill F, the fifth and final announcement. And to that, it was good. Because with that announcement, it is a brand spanking new game. And it's interesting because it seems like the area that it's set up in seems to be somewhere in Japan. Which is kind of interesting because you saw like the different flowers and whatnot though. You literally saw a person's face fall off. I was like, oh shoot though. But the people that are on behind the scenes making that, the developers and stuff like that, they have experience with you know, like the visual novel kind of thing, the storytelling stuff like that. Um, can't remember the exact details of what they actually said, what that team was really behind though. But basically, storytelling within like that kind of creepyish, um, that creepyish. Uh, wait, the people that develop um, Neobard's um, Entertainment are the people that are making Silent Hill F. So yeah, so they had the resume that kind of tell that scary, spooky-ish kind of telling stories, the, the stuff on the supernatural and all that stuff. That's the kind of things that they kind of worked on in the past, though. So yeah, so really nice stuff to look forward to on that. I feel like out of all of them, out of all of these announcements that we got within the Silent Hill Showcase, I feel like Ascension is the first thing we'll see because they already gave a date out for that. I think Silent Hill 2 will come out two years from now. I think, well, hold on. I think, you know what? I think Ascension, and I think there's a good chance Townfall could both happen within the year of 2023. One happening a little earlier, one happening a little later. I think Ascension might be the first half of the year. Townfall be the second half of the year. Silent Hill 2, maybe shooting around holiday of 2024. And then I think after that, Maybe 2025, you might get the movie. And I, I know out of all of these things, uh, Silent Hill F is the last thing we'll have, which I'm thinking it's probably going to be, uh, if we're in 2022 right now, I think it's going to be like, what, 2025 or something like that before we have it or maybe 2026. It just kind of all depends, though. But I think that game's three to four years out for the brand spanking new game because we got to make sure we get Silent Hill 2 right out the door, though. So, yeah. So, honestly, some really cool stuff like that. They did showcase off some merchandise and stuff like that. It's kind of funny. They got, like, that one skateboard that everybody was on and raving about and whatnot, though. So, overall, I think whenever I sat down, I was watching that with Sonic U and some of the other crew. I think we said that, uh, for the most part, huh, I think when we rated that um that con or that showcase, we said it was roughly I, I think I personally gave it somewhere as an 
A minus, I think. Only minus because we didn't really get any gameplay for it. Because I think we got a lot more out of this showcase than what we honestly possibly was thinking. I think I went into it knowing we're getting Silent Hill. Um, I knew we we're getting a remake, a brand new game, and a movie. But then we also gotten an ex um, we also managed to get an interactive experience plus one more side series game. So yeah, so and then all the merchandising and stuff like that though. So honestly. You know, you know how Konami is and whatnot, though. Shoot, for all we know, it could have been just a bunch of merchandise and, and just a remake of, like, Silent Hill 2. And that's what maybe most people might have been expecting or whatever, though. But the fact that it came out with five different projects, like, oh, shoot. It seems like Konami is finally back. And I honestly would say, since we already got this out of the way with all of the different Silent Hill projects, it makes you think, what in the world could possibly be next for Konami? I mean, literally, you saw them starting off doing the Castlevania collection, the Anniversary collection, the Advanced collection. They had the Contra stuff. They brought back the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga collection, also licensed out a brand new game, Shredder's Revenge, that also came out a little earlier this year during the summer. And then now you got all of these different Silent Hill projects. And I mean, the last big major kicker could also be, is it time to bring back Metal Gear Solid? Is it time to bring back Snake? I think so. And I heard some things in the background. I'm just going to kind of keep your expectations in check where we could very well be getting a remaster of some of the past games like like what Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, all, all of those. Like I think 3 is definitely could be a remake of that one though and it might be just simple remasters of some of the other past ones. I don't know about a brand spanking new one. That might get a little bit difficult, but I think at first it, you were going to start off with some either remasters or remakes or what could possibly be within Metal Gear Solid. And I think that's the way they'll probably go on that. There could be a new Castlevania game in the in in, in the pipeline as well. Whether or not that's 2D or 3D, that's kind of yet to be determined. But that's just some of the things I've been hearing around in the background, whatever, though. It'll take a little bit of time to you know, kind of see this stuff, especially coming off of the news of all the Silent Hill stuff. They probably want to make sure to have that sit down or have all that news sit well with their audiences uh, just for enough time on that before they go ahead and transition over and try to give us some more information on what could be Metal Gear Solid or what could also be um, not just Metal Gear Solid, but maybe Castlevania or something like that. Who knows? But yeah, so that's basically all the stuff I have to say on Silent Hill itself, though. So honestly, I honestly didn't think that this game will come out, <laughs> come out of the uh, come out of the uh, grave, just coming out swinging. We got a lot more hope we bargained for for at least a Silent Hill showcase, though. So yeah, so honestly, that's basically it in terms of most of my gaming topics. Kind of flew by um, a lot of it really quick. It didn't take too long to kind of go through it because despite all of that, I, I didn't talk about like the I didn't talk about the Resident Evil um, kind of stuff right there. I didn't because i know there was like a showcase for that and i didn't even get to go through and talk about that though but we did manage to get um that and a couple other things but i didn't feel like they were super newsworthy and whatnot though so not a whole whole bunch kind of going on though but yeah so what i'm gonna do next is gonna be a little bit different because i did say earlier in the show that yes we are gonna be um i'm gonna be going through and doing a handy tier list because i want to make sure that all y'all out there on halloween night 
are going to be eating some good stuff and not that hot garbage trash. I just got to keep it real with you. So let me go ahead and pull it up on the screen. If you're listening to this, just kind of keep track of everything. If you happen to be watching this on the audio only version, but if you do want to see the video version of this, um, you can probably see that link down in the, in the show notes down below that puts the link straight to the YouTube version of it. And you can see what's happening on the screen. So let me go ahead and pull up my uh, tier list here real quick. All right, so I got all the stuff right here. Got everything from S to A, the B, the C, the D. Ignore the gray spot because gray spot is just a blank spot, so I can kind of separate some things out. And then that purple one is uh, <laughs> good gracious uh, to each their own. Some candies that I saw that was already associated when then it's like pre-rendered lists that I'm like, you know what? I am not going through and uh ranking these things though because it's either been a hot moment that 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 i had that piece of candy or i'm like what the heck i never even tried it all right so here we go so i'm going to be ranking everything from literally these Reese's pieces all the way down to the candy corn once i'm down to that point i ain't doing none of these extra little things so i'm sorry if you like um i'm sorry if you like some of these things like the dots or something like that or, or that, um, what is half of this stuff? Whoppers. I, I don't understand Whoppers. I don't know why um, Gushers is up in there. I don't really think that's like a candy candy. Uh, I guess it technically is. I never thought about it, though. I know some people like Lifesavers and whatnot, though. So uh, apologies if this is some of your favorite candy, but I ain't ranking none of this mess, though. So I'm going to go ahead and start dragging some of this mess up into that one pink tier right there. You know, like with most things in life, you can't go out there and try every single thing. So there's just no way on earth that I'm going to be able to go through here and rank every single one of these pieces of candy, though. So just give me a minute just to go ahead and drag all of these over here, though. But uh, if you happen to be trick-or-treating and whatnot, though, make sure you check that candy, especially if you got kids and whatnot, though, because, you, you you know, sometimes you get a little crazy people out there. You get them little crazy dudes over there, the crazy nuts out. Don't, don't tell them I said that, though. But you get people out there that want to, you know, put something, put a little extra something up in that candy, though. So, yeah, if, if you're a parent, make sure you go back, go through there and double check that mess because uh, you want to make sure they have a good night and <laughs> not a night that could, you know, result into some other extra whatnots and whatnot, though. All right. So there we go. All right. So I'm sorry to each of their own for all of that. That's all there. Everything else that's right here on the screen now. That's all the stuff I'll be going through and ranking. I feel like that's some of the most common pieces of candy that most people like, or like huge masses of people that probably would like, though. So, yeah, so we'll go ahead and start off with that, though. So, all right, all right. So, Reese's Pieces. I'm trying to think. All right, so Reese's Pieces. That is really, let me go ahead and drag this Reese's Cup up in there. Reese's Pieces, they're all right. I mean, it, it ain't as good as like a Reese's Cup, but. It, it, it gives you like the, you know, it gives you that kind of satisfaction that, oh, you can just pop those things. It tastes kind of similar to a Reese's Cup without you kind of getting your fingers all sticky and messy and whatnot, though. I would say that's probably somewhere up here in the, uh, I think, I think it could be up here in the B. I think it's a decent B. Not terrible, but not great at the same time, though. I'm just going to leave it as that. Now, the Reese's Cup on, however... You have just the right enough chocolate and just the right enough peanut butter up in that thing. So I got to put that mess all the way up in rank S. That mess be hidden. I don't care who you are. That's probably some of the best kind of chocolate candy that you may possibly ever get right there. All right. Now the Hubba Bubba or 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the bubblegum stuff. The stuff that's in the roll or whatnot, though. I'm not much of a bubblegum person. Yes, I had this quite a few times growing up or whatnot, though. I'm not much of a bubblegum person, though. But I think if you were to put that somewhere, I think it's mid-B. Because uh, I think it's decent. It's better than that kind of gum that you used to get. I don't think they even sell this anymore. The, the one that was like in the yellow package um the yellow package with like the blue tips on the edge like when you unravel the the piece of gum it tastes way better than that because whole oh shoot that one i wish i had an image of that one that was hot garbage right there i did not like that mess at all hot tamales hot tamale hot tamale hot tamale i used to have a teacher back in the day that used to always have this mess up there on their on the on their uh i think i was in middle school literally had this mess on their countertop or on their desk every single day. I don't think I ever seen her without some hot tamales. She was always popping those things like she was popping some pills, man. Um, those hot tamales, I don't really like hot cinnamon-ish. I think I put it in C. It ain't really my kind of thing. I had it every now and then though, but it's okay, but it's not like the greatest thing in the world. So I put it in C. Uh, the Tootsie Rolls. Oh my, uh, not, not Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Pop, should I say. The Tootsie Pop right here. Oh uh, man, oh shoot. I got a place that's literally like right in the corner from where I live. It's literally called Catfish Hole. They literally give you Tootsie, um, Tootsie Pops every time you go there and eat. You can just take one uh, you know, away from you or whatnot, though. The candy on the outside is always sweet. And then you got the Tootsie Pop in the center of it, though. And it's always weird because I always will look it all the way down till you get to that point. And when you get to that point, I stop. I don't even eat it. Uh, I don't even suck on that on that little bit of candy stuff because you you know what they say about too much of a good thing is a bad thing. I think I have it somewhere here on my list. D do I have it? Yeah, I do have it a little later now. I'll, I'll give my full story on that though later. But this is more so the sucker itself. That is really good. I hmm, put it in top of B. It's not like. It's not like a go-to I'll have for A, but if I ever see any of those things sitting out on the countertop, I'm for sure grabbing one of those. It's got it's kind of like if you see it, you get it. If you don't, you're not necessarily craving it. All right, next up we have is sweet tarts. Sweet tarts, they're sweet, but not sweet enough. Like if you really got a sugar too, um, if you really got a sugar too for that mess, though, I mean it, it's enough to get you by. But it ain't enough to really satisfy if you kind of catch my drift. Because it's like, you eat it, and then it's like, what did I just eat? I don't know. But it's better than some hot tamales. So I think I got to put it somewhere in the C category. I don't think it's quite B, but I think it's right around there in the C. Um, fun dip. Fun dip, though. All right, I'm going to keep it real. I hadn't had this mess in quite some time, though. But growing up as a kid... They used to always have these fun dip things like in like when you go to the park and you go to the pool and there was like a concession stand in your pool. They always had this fun dip over there. You get like those little white sticks. You dip that mess up in it. You lick it. You lick that mess real good so you can get all of that. Uh, you can get all of that candy, uh, that candy dust up on there, though. And you just enjoy the flavors of it. As long as you got some really good flavors on that, you really couldn't go wrong with that. It gave you more bang than your buck. Than a, than a sweet tart. So I put it a little higher than that. I don't think it's quite within my B tier. Uh, ring pops, though. Ring pops, it's almost kind of got that flavor of like a Tootsie Pop, but not quite. But the most annoying thing about it is, is the fact that it's a ring. Like, 
it, it worked when you were a kid and you were able to fit that mess on your hand and just kind of just like almost act like a toddler. Let's just go around just sucking that thing for days and whatnot, though. It was okay. But growing up, oh, shoot, it is a little bit annoying to actually eat one of those things nowadays because it barely even, I got some big old hands and it could barely fit on my hand. But for the flavor itself, I think it's somewhere in the C tier. Maybe better than the fun dip. I think it's a little bit better than the fun dip. Cause that stuff wasn't neatly, conveniently, you know, packaged as you, you know, as a kid growing up. So I think I'll put it top of C. Uh three musketeers. Some people like this, some people don't. Me personally, oh, I, I don't know. It, it's it's not one of my go-tos. I'm sorry if I offend y'all, though. But Three Musketeers, that's in the D tier. I would prefer to eat any of these. Well, hold on. Hmm. No, yeah, I'll put it in the D tier. I, 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 shoot. Damn. All right, I have a little controversy. I'm trying to think. Between Three Musketeers and the Hot Tamales, which one would I rather eat? You know what? Shoot, you're getting demoted. Three Musketeers is better than Hot Tamales. It, it, it was okay. I thought it was C, but after going back and looking at it retrospectively, I got to put that mess down in D. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. Three Musketeers is better than Hot Tamales. But that Three Musketeers ain't as good as all that stuff I'm eating in the C tier, though. So that's where I leave it at. Twizzlers, though. Man, I don't know why. My mom really likes some Twizzlers, though. Can't get enough of that mess. Me personally... I just don't like that taste. It's just too, I, I don't know. It's like bittery-ish kind of, I don't know. It got like that bittery flavor. Like if you don't really like sweet, sweet stuff, maybe you actually would like Twizzlers. Me, I'm kind of a sweet tooth. I, shoot, I, shoot, honestly, that might, mm, it's, I know, I know Three Musketeers is better than some Twizzlers, but goodness, is it, is, is Twizzler better than Hot Tamales? Or is it a little less? Um, oh, okay, that's tough. All right, I'll put Twizzlers in between the Three Musketeers and the Hot Tamales. So, okay, so we'll leave it at that. All right, all right, rolling down. Jolly Ranchers, though. Now, this is the good ones, like the hard candy Jolly Ranchers, though. That must be hitting. I think that's like literally one of my top. I don't know what the exact number is, but it is in one of my top favorite candies that I can ever eat, though. But it's not a super common candy. If it was super common, I was sticking in S. But if you know if you lay that mess on a can the table, be prepared. If I'm around, that mess is going to be all gone in a hot second. So I just leave that right up there in the A tier right there. I think it's just really solid, really good. Now, Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Roll. All right, story. So with Tootsie Roll, like how I mentioned earlier when I was mentioning about the Tootsie Pops, too much of a good thing is a bad thing, unless you're like drinking water or whatnot, though. I used to love the heck out of Tootsie Rolls. I used to pop those things like there ain't no tomorrow, though. I used to eat some here, eat some there, say some behind the couch. Well, not behind the couch, but say some, <laughs> stash them in my room, eat some there. I ate it so much. I also did this with another piece of candy. I don't know if I have it on my list here, too, though. But I ate that mess so much that I just now really don't dig the flavor. I would tolerate it a little bit to get to the Tootsie Pop, to get all the way down to that center. But then after that, I'm just done with it. Uh, so, yeah, so that's down there in the D tier. It's better than Hot Tamales and it's better than Twizzlers. 
But I think Three Musketeers is technically still better than than the Tootsie on Tootsie Roll though. So I'll put it right over there though. Now Crunch. Oh shoot. I had a Crunch in a long time. Cause if you, some of y'all remember this, they used to stick those things all the time in Lunchables. Like growing up, I used to always have that mess up in Lunchables. Like it would be like packed in with the little snacks things, or you know, like you, you have like one that's like pizza, or you have something that's like crackers with cheese and whatnot, maybe like a slice of pepperoni or something like that. And it always came up in one of the, I think it was in the nacho pack. There was a nacho pack, and I think the Crunch Bar always came up in there. That's the only time I really ate the Crunch Bar. Like holy shoot. And then outside of that, I never really ate it much within anything else. It was okay, enough to get you by with a little chocolate and whatnot, though, but it wasn't incredible. But I will tell you this, it's better than some Three Musketeers. I'll tell you that much, though. It's like an acquired taste, but I think it still beats out the Three Musketeers. So I'll put that mess down there in the deep tier, though. Kit Kat. Kit Kat. Wait, put it too high. Kit Kat is literally the same story with the Tootsie Roll. Too much of good things and bad things. Ate that a whole bunch, and now I can hardly even tolerate that mess. Literally, I think these two go hand in hand, but between the two, I think I prefer the Tootsie Roll over the Kit Kat. So, yes, yeah, so I'll leave that right there. All right, uh, Sweet Tarts. Wait, did I just... Hold on there. I think that's basically... Oh, these two are basically the same thing, Sweet Tarts. Um... Yeah, it's weird. I think it's like two different shapes. One was like the small candy-ish one. This is probably the most common one compared to this one right there, which I like this is super size. Since they're both essentially the same thing, I'll just go ahead and replace the images out right here. All right, next up is Star Bar Burst. Star Burst. You cannot go wrong with some Star Burst. If you're talking about the king of all kings in terms of a fruit-flavored candy, this is it. You can't go wrong with it. Well, I think the most wrong you probably could go with Starburst is I know people when they're eating Starburst, like the traditional one where you have like what red, pink, yellow, and orange. No one ever likes the yellow. Like if you're ever sharing that mess, that's the first thing I go for most people. I guess it doesn't have a lot of flavor in it though, but everybody loves the reds and pinks. Like sometimes I had a cousin one time. I literally was eating some candy. I literally put it to the side. She got in it. And then I looked in that bag and I was like, where the heck did all my pinks go? And she was just laughing, giggling, and ran off. I was like, man, I'm about to string you up. No, man. Every, everybody loved themselves, some of them pinks and the reds, though. But my goodness, though. But yeah, so Starburst, especially if you get like the all pink or all red flavored ones, I think that's the common one I always do. I usually get the bag that is like the, the fun size thing, and it has like a whole bunch up in it, though. But that is S tier, all the way at the tip, tip, top. Beating out Reese's by a bit, though. But yeah, that is some really good stuff. All right, next up is Lemon Heads. Lemon Heads right here. I'll go ahead and drag that up right there, though. Um, lemon Heads, they're okay. They're okay. Ain't nothing crazy or anything like that. But with Lemon Heads, they taste pretty good. They taste pretty good. It like, what is it? I'm trying to remember. It usually starts off like a little bit sour-ish, kind of like a lemon. But then the, the more and more you, um, you suck on it and whatnot, though, suck on it real good. Um, <laughs> It actually gets a little bit sweeter though. So it beats out everything in D tier. I don't think it's mm, well, it's somewhere between C and B. Um put it at the bottom of B. I was debating whether or not it would be fully in C or if it'd be in B, but I think I'll put it. 
I think I put it somewhere on within the, the B tier right there. All right, there we go. Airheads, though. Airheads. Oh, my gosh. It's been a while since I have one, but holy shoot, that nest always be hitting. Like, sometimes I always will pop those things out while going to the movie theaters. That was just, like, a common thing when I was growing up. I think it was, like, what me and my cousin would normally go to the movie theaters. Like, I'll always make sure I got the popcorn. My other cousin will usually have the candy or whatnot, though. Airheads be hitting, especially if you ever eat an airhead while you're, you're going swimming at the same time. I don't know why. You wouldn't think that combination kind of adds up, though. But whole shoot, man, I got some nostalgia for some airheads, though. That mess is in the top of S tier, though. Whole shoot, really good stuff. All right. We got to talk about some more suckers, though, because we can't just only talk about um, the Tootsie Pops up in there, though. The, the, gosh, you know those generic kind of um, suckers? The ones you normally, these ones are always associated with those, uh, the ones that are always in the um the banks and stuff like those suckers that are like wrapped up easily like cotton candy flavor they're tiny old things like they're just perfectly suited for little kids but not like an average adult where it's like hey you want something a little more substantial like a tussie pop or whatever though i think blue raspberry was always my most favorite one going through and um tasting those and I never could understand the mystery flavor one. I think that was a blend between two different flavors and whatnot, though. But that mystery flavor always tasted a little whack or a little whack or sometimes it tasted OK. Whatever. You just never know what you were getting with some of that mess, though. But it was OK. It's better than all the D tier stuff. But I don't think it's better than some of the sweet tarts and going into the fun dip. So I think that's like a C rank candy. Not bad, but not not bad, but not necessarily good either. So I'll leave it right there. Now, Hershey's Chocolate and Hershey Kisses, technically, you know, it's all Hershey's Chocolate at the end of the day, though. But I'll give them two different spots because, you know, Hershey's Kisses, you get those, like, predominantly during, like, what, the holiday season? Once it gets, like, Thanksgiving late into Christmas, they're a lot more common than, so say, the Hershey's Chocolate Bars you normally get throughout the whole entire year, though. If I were to put the Hershey's Kisses somewhere, that is definitely in S tier as well as the Hershey's regular chocolate. I think that's also necessarily an S tier. My preference between the two is literally the chocolate bar over the Kisses. But those Kisses, I think that's the perfect amount if you're trying to wash where you eat, but not necessarily trying to eat a whole candy bar at the same time. You can't go wrong with either or. If you're getting chocolate and if you don't like Hershey's chocolate, I don't know what's personally wrong with you. Maybe you got deprived as a child or something like that. I am i'm sorry for your loss i'm sorry for your loss unless you're allergic if you're allergic then i understand but if that's not the case i'm sorry i'm really sorry all right sour patch kids though at first when i was growing up i didn't really like them but then as i got older since it's like one of my brother's favorite kind of candies i actually grew to actually appreciate these things a little bit more it's one of those kind of candies where it's like hey it's not something i go out of my way to get but at the same time, you put them on that table, I'll, I'll just grab a few. I won't just wipe it clean like the Jolly Ranchers, though. I'll just grab some. So I think that's, like, right between um, the Reese's Pieces and the... Yeah, it's higher than it's higher than the Lemonheads, and it's higher than the Bubblegum. Yeah, so I literally will put it, like, in the mid-pack of B tier right there. So I think that's where that goes. Uh, Snickers. Snickers, Snickers, Snickers. Mm-mm-mm. Um, dang. I might offend a lot of people with Snickers, though, but uh, I got to keep it real. Let's always keep it real on this channel. But Snickers, it ain't too hot. It ain't too hot. 
I literally will probably put that down here in the D tier. Uh, ooh. Higher than three musketeers. No, higher than three musketeers and higher than crunch. It's the top of D, but it doesn't quite hit the level of C. I'm sorry. That's just the way how life rolls sometimes. However, if you talk about the better of the two, Twix. I don't know why. I always compare Snickers and Twix pretty closely. Twix has that right amount of caramel up on there that makes it taste a whole lot better and it's a whole lot more manageable and whatnot, though. So I was like, you know what? I, I could tolerate a Twix much better than that, though. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put the Twix somewhere. I think Twix is in B tier. Uh, I think it's literally right below the Sour Patch Kids, but not quite as high on it, though. So I think that's where I normally will put that at. Uh, let's see here. What is up here next? Uh, nerds, 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 nerds. Okay, so nerds. Mm, I don't know why, but with nerds, I don't necessarily eat them by themselves. But if you roll into a Sonic, especially during the heat of summer, and you get a slushy, and uh, or yeah, if you get a slushy or whatnot, though, and they have the option to add in like the candy fillings or whatever, though, I always stick nerds in a blue raspberry slush. That mess be hitting really good. So it's like, I can't put it at the top of the top because I don't eat it straight, but it's certainly not at the bottom because when you put it with a little bit of something, it tastes really good. So I think that really puts it in the mid pack B and I'll just put that mess at the bottom of B. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with nerds just eating them straight up. I know they used to have like what, those nerd ropes? I think they might still have them. That really long string of nerds that's like this all glued together. It's like literally like two feet long. Oh shoot, they used to have like, um. I don't think this candy is here on my tier list though, but it just reminded me of it. What was it? It was like that powdery stuff that's similar. Oh, it's like a sweet tart. I think it's like, it's literally like a sweet tart, but it's like that big long tube. That's like three feet long. I don't think I ever see those in the stores anymore, but if you're old enough like me, I think you might remember that. Oh shoot. I remember people going around sucking on those things. Like, Oh my gosh, that was just, that was literally just straight sugar. Like my goodness. All right. Uh, next up is Milky Way. Milky Way. Mm, I think with Milky Way it's better than a Snickers for sure. But is it good enough to hit C tier? Oh, that one's tough. Mm, you know what? I think I think it's top of it's the new top of D. Milky Way above the Snickers, above the Crunch, above the Three Musketeers. I'm sorry because I know I'm probably offending a lot of people with the Milky Way right there though. But that's just where I gotta leave that. M and M's though. Now, M&M's, you can't ever forget M&M's, especially for, the, like, those commercials and stuff that always promote it. Like, they're always in, like, the Super Bowl and whatnot, though. They always have, like, the Halloween fix or Christmas fix. Literally, you can't even go into, like, a store during, like, Christmas time and whatnot, though, and see, like, those candy cane-shaped things that have the M&M's up in it, though. Out of all chocolate candy, that, that's, like, the equivalent of a Reese's Pieces, but for with M&M's, that mess is pretty good. I don't think it's, like, King of All Kings, S&A. But I think it's somewhere in the B tier. But where? Um, uh, I think it's Lily above the uh, the bubble gum and above the lemon head, but below the Twix. I think that's right where Eminem's probably should go at right there. Now Skittles right here though. Oh shoot, Skittles! You can't go wrong with Skittles. There's a lot of different flavors that you can get. You can get the standard red pack. You can get the the purple pack. You can get the uh, 
the pink smoothie pack, whatever. My favorite one is the ones that you get in the purple. Because for some reason, at least with me personally, I don't like grape artificial related things. Like almost anything, really. The only kind of grape thing I'll do is eating a straight grape itself. But anything grape artificial, it didn't vibe with me. I'll eat the red Skittle pack, but I'm taking out all the grapes. With the purple pack, or I think also the smoothie pack as well. So that, that purple and pink one. I can eat all of those without having to pick through the bag. So that's my usual my preference on the Skittles, though. That is a king of all kings. But the problem is, where do I stick Skittles? Is it above Starburst making it the absolute number one? Or is it below? Ooh, it is close. But I think Skittles takes the number two spot. It's right below Starburst, but higher than um, Reese's Cup. It, ooh, that one's close, 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 close. But my goodness. All right. Uh, next up is Heath. Heath is not super common. I remember I was introduced to this candy via my dad because I think my dad was eating it with some kind of ice cream or something like that. It's not. Oh, excuse me. It's not a candy that I'll go through and go out of my way to hunt down. But if you're in a gas station or if you're in like a convenience store or something like that, I will usually go through and I'll just grab it. It's like, if I see it, I grab it kind of thing. But but that heat, though, it'd be hit when you get that mess, especially if you put that mess in ice cream. No, I don't think it's a supreme like S, but it's a solid A. So I think I'll put that right above the Jolly Ranchers right there in the A tier, though. That's really good mess right there. Wait, did I have Skittles twice? I did have Skittles twice. Put that mess over there. All right, last up, I think, is Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears... It's weird. It's like you eat them a lot as a kid, but then when you grow up, it's like, all right, what like what am I really eating this for? Does it really give me like a lot of flavor? Like you get like what? The most common ones I think I always ate was the red and green ones, but outside of that, I didn't really do them too much though. Uh it's better than all the stuff in the D tier. I'll say that for sure. But I think it's like literally the bottom of C. I think that's where I will put the gummy bears at. And last but not least, we gotta end this off in a with a big bang. Candy corn, candy corn, candy corn, candy corn. Now, some of y'all might love this stuff. Me personally, I hate candy corn. Oh, shoot. That mess tastes like wax. I don't know why anybody eats it. I don't understand why in the world do they still make this mess. Tell me why. When you go to a store... And literally, it's like Halloween, October 31st, rolling into November 1st, day after Halloween. And, you know, stores start marking down that candy. They're trying to get rid of it so that way they can make room for, like, the candy that's kind of branded for Christmas time and whatnot, though. They try to get rid of all of this stuff with Halloween branding. And tell me why candy corn is some of the last stuff that's left on that shelf. And, you know, when you see that mess, you know you missed out on all the good stuff. Like, whole oh, shoot. I would eat any of these things on the S, A, B, C, and D tier way over eating some candy corn. Shoot, even that to each their own segment stuff, like like I'm looking over here at the dots, the gushers, um, the almond, whatever it is. I would eat most of these things way before than eating candy corn. Like, oh shoot, candy corn is hot trash. It is hot, hot, hot trash. 
that you know what i'm leaving in that gray middle tier like as if like it doesn't even exist that's where that mess is at because it really shouldn't i don't even understand why they still sell that mess so yeah so i think that's legit gonna do it if you're offended by candy corn feel offended and uh you know don't get mad at me because i speak the truth on this channel i speak the truth candy corn is hot trash i don't know why people like it normally i'll say to each their own like all of these but huh, not on candy corn because you're just wrong you're just lying to yourself i'm keeping it real i keep it a buck 50 right here though <laughs> but yeah that's basically it in terms of all the different candies that i got here ranked in here in front of me so just to give a quick little recap of everything we'll start from the bottom Starting to D tier and work our way up to the S tier. I have hot tamales and last. Uh Twizzlers above that. Then Kit Kat. Tootsie Roll. Three Musketeers. Crunch. Snickers. And then Milky Way. That was from bottom up from D tier. Bottom up from C tier is Gummy Bears. Those dum-dum suckers, whatever they're called. I can't remember the official name of it, whatever it's called. Sweet tarts. Fun Dip and Ring Pops at the top of C. That was from bottom to top. Um, bottom to top for B is Nerds, Lemonheads, that, that bubblegum roll thing, M&M's, Twix, Sour Patch, Reese's Pieces, and then Tootsie Pop. And that's the top of B right there. Um, bottom of A to the top of A. I only had a couple of things up in here, though. Bottom was Jolly Ranchers. Top was Heath Bars. And then from the bottom of S to the very top, you have Hershey Kisses slash the, the one step above it, the Hershey Chocolate Bar. They're pretty much even take the tick for tack. Airheads, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, number two, or number three was Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Number two is Skittles, and at number one is Starburst. If your list looks any different from this, it's perfectly all right. As long as you don't have that... Extreme at the bottom doesn't really technically count, and it's definitely lower than the to each their own segments, all of those I have down there, though. That candy corn, it better not exist on any of y'all's tier lists, or it better not be remotely anything you eat, because you're just lying to yourself at that point. You've been deprived as a child. Like, you don't know what a good life really is, because somebody's been torturing you. Whoever gave you that piece of candy corn or whoever gave it to you or whatever in a cornfield may or something like that, you've been to a harvest festival or something like that, they ruined your life. They ruined and soiled your taste buds. Because literally, if you had that one piece of candy corn, that should have been all the candy corn you should have ever ate in your life. And that's going to basically do it in terms of my candy tier list, though. So go ahead and screenshot it. You know, talk trash about it, whatever, though. I'll take the heat as long as you don't have candy corn anywhere up in there, though. But y'all got to let me know either down in the comments, at me on Twitter, at Megazone underscore X, something like that. What is your favorite piece of candy that's out there? Especially if th there's a common debate, which is better, fruit candy or the chocolate candy, whatnot, though. And I know a lot of people go back and forth on that. I think me personally, I prefer the fruit candy because even looking at the, the top of my S tier things, I have a couple of things that are at the tip top. And then it looks like kind of closer to the bottom, you have the, some of the, the common chocolate ones with Reese's and then the Hershey's Kisses, Kisses and stuff like that, though. Especially once I go down a little lower to my tier rank and stuff, and most of it's fruit before almost at the very bottom, it's almost nothing but chocolate or whatnot, though. But yeah, so that's going to basically do it in terms of my candy tier list. 
And that was going to be it in terms of one of these segments for my spooktacular um, segment special right there, though. So, yes, I hope you really did like that candy tier list, though. Kind of curious to hear what some of your thoughts are about, you know, some of your favorite stuff about um, about what kind of candies like fruit flavor, chocolate, all that kind of good stuff, though. So, yeah, so that's basically going to do it in terms of that one tier list, though. So now let's go ahead and jump over to that other segment. So about that show. All right, so here lately, I've been going through and watching a fairly good amount of new anime shows. That's the most common thing that I've been going through and watching with this, though. And whole oh, shoot, because now with a new season that's you know finally upon us and whatnot, though, I, I got to give my thoughts on a few different animes. I might not talk about everything right now. Because some I only watch like at least only one episode. So I'll kind of stick to some of the ones that I've been watching at least a couple of episodes on. So let me go ahead and bring up the uh, Crunchyroll real quick and look over here at my wish list right here, though. Um, let's see here. So one of the ones I've been watching lately, I guess I'll pick. Yeah, I'm going to talk about, I think, three of them right now. And then maybe I'll talk about the other couple next week, though. I'll go ahead and mention their names, though. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and mention their names right now, though. Uh, more than a married couple, but not lovers. I watched one episode of it so far. Another episode dropped today. I hadn't seen it yet. If I can remember about it, I'll probably try to give my thoughts about it next week. Cause I always like giving my thoughts once I had like a couple or a few on my on my um on my watch list right now. And then Chainsaw Man. I watched one episode of that. I thought the first episode was really good, but I'm gonna wait until I get like a couple of more underneath my belt before I kind of give my thoughts on it though. So yeah, so the three I want to talk about is Spy Family. That's going to be the first one. Uh, with Spy Family, honestly, it, it feels like with that anime, it doesn't really feel like we lost a beat on that one, though. Because with that one, I mean, we're literally like in the second core of everything that's been um, showcased off from the first half that we got those, or what was it? I think there's originally like ooh, a spring anime. It, it took a break during the summer, and now it's a fall anime as well, though, because they're doing this as a split core. And honestly, it's really good. It's really wholesome. I just got past the the episode where they finally officially adopted the dog. I mean, it's just wholesomeness. You wouldn't think that a family, you know, most people kind of like those spyish kind of movies related kind of shows and whatnot, though. Th those kind of things are always good. But I never thought like a killer, an assassin, uh, a little girl that like has like telepathy powers and then obviously your traditional spy could weld and mesh together that well as a family though but it just somehow it just works it just works so honestly it, it doesn't really feel like that show has missed a beat and i think we're in for some good stuff um within this upcoming season right there though i only watched what was it i believe it was like what the first three episodes of the new second court yeah so honestly some really good stuff right there though and honestly if you're uh if you're a fan of you know, spy related things, I'd say give it a watch, give it a watch. Cause it, I mean, it is a really fun little watch from episode to episode. If you hadn't watched any of the episodes, um, there's like what at, at a bare minimum, there's like 15 available. If you're watching dub like me, a little more, maybe close to 17. If you're watching sub or something like that though. So yeah. So honestly, that was one good thing. I like, uh, a, a second show that I've been going through and watching is beast tamer, beast tamer. That was the one that really kind of caught me off guard because it is 
somewhat similar-ish to like an isekai, but it's not really, or at least from what they kind of show. It's it's just kind of like one of those like adventure-ish kind of animes where you're kind of going around. I mean, you got magic and stuff like that. You have like different other creatures and stuff like that. Literally, this one kind of focuses around a dude that's like a beast tamer who can like some or not summon, kind of make contracts or kind of make contracts or make bonds with other animals and whatnot, though, as long as they're not like a completely different kind of creature but another kind of beast or whatever though but he's able to form these bonds have him kind of work for him do whatever he wants to do or accomplish like he can control like a bee even though that one's technically considered as an insect it's like an offshoot of like the beast tamer kind of ability or whatnot though he can control a lot of different things like a bear or whatnot though and use it to help whatever or whatever kind of thing he needs to do he was originally within like a hero's party which you know the hero's party is always after the kind of deep the, the the demon king or something like that you know how those common tropes work, though. But uh, he got kicked out of the party because he was a beast tamer. He didn't really kind of offer a lot in terms of combat or whatever, though. He winds up running into this other girl who happens to be a cat spirit. It's like one of the kind of special um, creatures out there that like have immense power. Like you, you heard about creatures that have like dragonoid powers, like they're part dragon or whatnot, though. Um, cat spirit is like extremely physically strong as compared to like a like a dragon demonoid where it's like hey uh it's a dragon demon a dragonoid or whatever though who can like specializes in fire but also has the physical combat as well though so yeah so he performs this cat spirit whatnot though by doing that as a beast tamer he gets the powers of it due to the contract and now he's like super strong kicking butt and not only does he have a cat spirit in, by his side right now at least currently where i'm at in the dub he also now has a uh, dragonoid um, person as well, though. So he has two, two really good-looking girls um, by his side right now, though. I was like, gosh dang, dude. But yeah, so honestly, it, it's it's a wholesome anime. All those cat puns that they do. I'm not kind of a cat, you know, cat kind of person-ish um, in terms of my anime, though. But I mean, but that cat spirit right there, it's doing it for me. I'm just going to say it. she's doing it for me, though. But yes, honestly, I mean that that was that's a pretty nice wholesome show right there. So I really do like that as well. Um, the last thing I've been watching, which is like the major highlight, I think, of this season, even though there's a lot of good stuff going down between like Chainsaw Man, Spy Family, all this other good stuff. My Hero Academia season six, this mess is like straight fire. Like, oh shoot. Cause we knew from season five going into season six, they were preparing a war between all of the heroes versus everybody that's on the liberation um the liberation army front that's basically being um that's basically being led by a whole bunch of generals that um what you um golly i don't know why his name is slipping out of my mind even though i technically know it um but yeah they're all being led by that one dude and oh shoot some of the fighting scenes that we gotten so far within my hero academia it, it was lit from the first episode because literally we're starting off the season where it's like, hey, the Liberation Army, it's like the heroes are attacking on two different fronts. One front was, hey, we're going to attack the hospital um, that that one scientist that always go, went through and created all of the different, um, the, all those different like Nomus, they attacking him at the same time as they're also doing a United Front. Um, attacking all of the people that are associated within the liberation front. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, some of the fight scenes that we got over there, Tokiomi doing some sick stuff with Dark Shadow over there. You got Endeavor over here fighting in the hospital against all of these uh, different no moons and whatnot, though. And Mirko, oh shoot, there was an insane moment where she took down a couple of like the high end no moons. Like, yeah, like your C, B, A tier um, type of no moons and stuff like that, those high end ones, the one that Endeavor struggled with um from what was it the transition between season four to season five or it was like tail end of season four. Oh shoot you wouldn't think a bunny girl will have like insane powers with the kick the force the turn the put on the jets and go from point a to point b and like a blink of an eye that fight sequence right there i think that was in episode one or two it might be episode two it was absolutely sick like oh my god and I was like, and bless that person that literally goes through and makes the, um, that the literally goes through and makes the uh, the OSTs for My Hero Academia. Because, my gosh, that OST, everything from the, the preview music to, like, that common thing that they're always playing now at the very beginning of, like, the recap part that happens at the very beginning of the episode, though. It is great. Like, literally, <laughs> this is like the uh, quote-unquote, like an Infinity War in-game um, version from, like, the MCU stuff applicable to, like, My Hero Academia. Because, like, you see a bunch of different heroes. You see the dudes from, like, Class 1A, like, you know, Zuku, Bakugo, Todoroki, all of that. Um, you see also units from Class B as well that are kind of going through and protecting people with, you know, like evacuation drills and stuff like that. People that are living in nearby areas that's around, um, that's around in the vicinity where this fighting is going down on. You know, let me see top heroes like Endeavor, Hawks, whatnot, though. You got your, some of your teachers are also associated in the raid, like President Mike. You also got, um, oh, you got Eraserhead and stuff like that. I mean, and then you got like people like Fat Gum and stuff that was associated with some of the uh, the the hero work studies and stuff like that. I mean, shoot, you got a whole bunch of different characters though. Everybody from Lily, everybody you might have saw from season one all the way up until season five. You could literally go through there and cherry pick which characters that were introduced from them, and you literally got a little bit of everybody. Like, oh shoot, I think even with the people that are going through and dubbing this mess, huge hats off to them because. All these different people, all these different voice actors, they got to go back and pull from past series or past seasons and put them all into this one episode with all their, their voice acting and whatnot, though. I think that in itself takes a lot of work and whatnot, though. And the fact that there's only like two episodes behind with the dub compared to the sub, like, my gosh. But yeah, I can rave on this series quite a bit, but I don't want to say too much because... Uh, I don't know where people are at with watching My Hero Academia. Some people are kind of behind in season five. Some people need to do some catching up. Maybe they're somewhere in season four or whatnot, though. But season six, that's the war arc. That's where everything is going down. The, the tail end of season five, you could tell exactly where it's going for with, se with season six, though. I can already tell people are already going to die. And I think I already experienced one of my first deaths, but I ain't going to say who or what it is in case you hadn't seen the, the one of the more recent episodes. That happens in like episode three and whatnot, though. But some deaths are going to happen. We're going to have some tragic losses and stuff like that. Some of these might hit you in the feels. But oh my gosh, My Hero Academia gets me feeling in some kind of way that I probably hadn't felt in quite a while since like Dragon Ball Z. Like it's up there. I think My Hero Academia in general is rivaling Dragon Ball Z. It's like one of my favorite animes of all time. 
by the time we're done with the story completely, who knows, it might surpass it, though. But honestly, I can never go wrong with some My Hero Academia. So I'm glad it's that. It's coming out with 25 episodes. It doesn't look like we even had like a recap episode like we, we did in some past seasons, though. Because we normally had that as the technically the first episodes. And then it's really, truly 24 new episodes. No, they, they jumped into this, though. I don't know how long they'll drag out this arc. It might take the full 24, ev- 24 episodes at the rate they're going with this. Because I feel like there's a lot of different things they can elaborate on and expand upon in comparison to what we got within the manga itself. But yeah, so yeah, everything that Shigaraki is kind of doing, though, is Shigaraki's team, Lily versus Endeavor's team. And let's see exactly how this thing is going to duke out, though, because holy shoot, this mess is getting wild. And I can't wait for these episodes to drop out every Saturday, though. Whole shoot. But yeah, so I think I raved upon My Hero Academia for long enough in comparison to the other two animes I mentioned before this, though. But y'all got to let me know down in the comment section down below or just at me on Twitter. Uh, what you personally been thinking about some of the new animes that we've been getting this season, whether you're a big fan of My Hero Academia, maybe you're like me and you like a little bit of Beast Tamer, maybe there's something that obviously I hadn't mentioned already, maybe I'll mention next week, not next week, the next episode, some things that you personally like, but you might want to recommend me something, I don't know, you make a good case in the comments, uh, I, I might give it a shot, I might give it a shot, as long as it's available on Crunchyroll and whatnot though. But yeah, so that's going to basically do it in terms of the, so about that show segment. So now let's go ahead and jump over to that very last segment, that being uh, what you've been playing. All right, so lately, I've been playing a bunch of Splatoon 3 on the side and whatnot, though. I actually kind of came off of late. I, I did like a whole series within like last weekend where I did like this whole After Dark series session where I streamed like a whole bunch of games over there on Twitch for like three different nights because I had to pull some all-nighters because I had to work do some all-nighters for like a week of work or whatnot though. So yeah, so if you want to watch any of those, some of them might still be existing there on Twitch, but by the time you might be listening to this podcast episode, it might be completely gone now. But over the next upcoming weeks, almost leading all the way up until like mid-December, I'll be dropping about a couple of those um a couple of those a week out on my extras channel you can um you can you can check that channel out and see all those streams there though but outside of that though um outside of all those random games i've been going through and playing i think the most common thing i've been playing is kingdom hearts 3 literally i got the the all-in-one collection that literally has all the 10 different experiences all up in one i think i bought it for walmart at walmart for like 25 bucks Literally almost about a year ago, it was shortly after I got the PS5, because I think I got the PS5 like midsummer-ish. It was like June, July-ish. And it wasn't until like the fall time. I don't know if that was September or October-ish is when I actually sat down and I or went out and bought the Kingdom Hearts All-in-One collection. And I just recently finished Kingdom Hearts 3. And whole shoot, that was a some kind of a crazy ride right there. Like my stinking goodness. Because with Kingdom Hearts 3... They literally found ways to incorporate everything from Kingdom Hearts 1 to 2, the Chain of Memories, 358 Days Over 2, um, Birth by Sleep. Birth by Sleep was a really good game, and Kingdom Hearts 2 was a really good game. If you haven't played those, man, those are some highly recommended games, though. And then um, Dream Drop Distance, etc., even the Union Cross stuff, the mobile game, all that stuff. All of it tied together in Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, in a lot of ways, some really good ties. Other ways kind of make you start questioning your head, like, how the heck does this kind of add up, whatnot, though? I'm not 
trying to go into spoilers or whatnot, though, but if you played the game, you know exactly what I mean and whatnot, though, uh, with, with the main antagonist and how he kind of operates and whatnot, though, with all of his baddies and whatnot, though. But yeah, so honestly, that was one heck of a crazy ride. And I think the only other things I have left to play within Kingdom Hearts is literally the the Remind DLC, as well as the um, the very last thing being um, the Rhythm game. Those are the only two I don't have left, or I have left to play. And it's kind of crazy how you have to pay, what, 30 bucks to play the Remind DLC? And I look how long it takes to go through and beat that game. It's literally like the same amount of time as like Birth by Sleep 0.2. So I was like, what the heck? But $30 to um to pay for like what five hours worth of content? I'm like, gosh dang, I don't know. But yeah, so at some point, I'm I'm not in a rush to do it now since I got most of everything accomplished between Kingdom Hearts 1 to Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm I'm probably gonna put a little rest behind it or whatnot though. And I'll I'll pick it up sometime later. Cause I mean, it's gonna be a while until we get like something like Kingdom Hearts 4 that's already been confirmed and it's in the works right now, though. I got time between now and then for that, though. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll do that. Kind of brings in the question, do I, will I get the rhythm game on the Switch or the PlayStation? Because if I get it on the Switch, I technically get that one piece of music that I'm thinking is like the last piece of music I'm missing off of Smash Brothers. Because it is kind of weird how you have to buy that game on the Switch to get that one piece of music. It is kind of crazy when you sit down and think about that in that regard, though. But, yeah, so honestly that's been one kind of experience and with that being said i think that basically wraps up all of my playstation games that i mostly had on the backlog the only other couple of games i have in the backlog right now is literally um it's literally resident evil 2 i just recently picked that up and then uh ghost of tsushima ghost of tsushima is probably the next playstation game i'll play and then maybe resident evil 2 so, yeah, so that's all I have left on PlayStation things. I'll probably will add more games to that backlog here. Um, probably once Black Friday comes up, I'll probably will add a little bit more to that when certain games go on sale. Like, I have my eyes on Soul Hackers 2. I know at some point I'll probably pick up Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, uh, as well as a few other games I've been kind of keeping my eyes out on, though. So, yeah, so honestly, it's been a lot of Kingdom Hearts lately. And outside of that, probably a bit more um splatoon 3 though but now i gotta figure out what other game can i knock out in my backlog maybe i'll jump in and do like the great ace attorney or something like that i still haven't sat through and finished all of that game yet but i'll see if i can try to knock out one more game before pokemon scarlet and violet drop out that's like what mid-november whenever that comes out though but yeah so that's basically going to do it in terms of the what i've been playing segment and that's basically going to do it in terms of all of the topics that i have for tonight um, for my Zarcast podcast episode 44. So I hope everybody really enjoyed most of the stuff I talked about, especially some of those spectacular moments, though. Talking about some creepy stuff with, um, <laughs> I guess, strange stuff with Bayonetta, creepy stuff with Silent Hill. And then I had to go ahead and throw out my two cents for my candy tier list, though, because I want to make sure everybody for Halloween, make sure they have a good Halloween, eating the right kind of stuff. And not like that bad, nasty stuff. You get some of that stuff, get any of that candy corn up in your bags this year, though. You, you make sure to put that mess back or feed that mess to the dogs or something. No, don't even feed it to the dogs. That, that's depriving them. Feed that mess to the moles. Feed it to the rats. That's who really needs to be eating it, though. 
<laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's going to basically do it for this episode, though. If you really liked this, make sure to go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button and that bell. Stay up there on all video game things that I feel like talking about and discussing for the foreseeable future. If you happen to be watching this podcast on any of one of my podcast servers, whether that be Google, Amazon, Music Podcasts, Apple, or Spotify, um, make sure to go ahead and hit the like button. Go ahead and share that podcast around with us. No, I'm, I'm just some... I'm just some random dude just going around talking about video games, pop culture segment, any kind of other random stuff there on the side. Um, you know, just having a good time, whatnot, though. That's basically going to do it in terms of this Zarcast episode 44. So remember, y'all, until our video I make next, until my Zarcast podcast episode 45, I will see y'all later and have a happy, happy, happy Halloween. <laughs>